y'all. Welcome to Order of Operations. Today we are discussing the importance of our relationship and hopefully your relationship with your franchise business consultant. Yes, we have a super awesome interview today. Asad Imam, my FBC, joins us to pull back the curtain on what his and his cohorts' days are like. We'll get to know him as well as hear how to fully utilize your FBC's expertise. Quick note before we get too far into the episode, if you aren't familiar with the term FBC, it just stands for Franchise Business Consultant. And while an FBC is something that we certainly utilize at Mathnasium, it's not unique to Mathnasium. I know that a lot of franchises have this, particularly the larger franchises where you need to have a lot more operational infrastructure to the business. Nikki, we didn't do frog shoutouts or wins last week, so let's do it this week. Let's do wins because it's the holidays. Do you have a win for us this week? Yes. This one I am pleasantly surprised about. On a whim, I decided to do a week of gratitude with my team. And so the past couple days, I've been posting different gratitude prompts and just to like spark conversation and see what people say. And at first I like post them on our Skype thread and then it's like quiet for a long time. And I'm just like sitting at my desk, like anxious, like nobody's responding. I guess this wasn't a good idea, but I just start my day a lot earlier than everybody else. Then right when everyone gets into the center, that's when they start replying. The first one was what is a book that you're grateful to have read? And it sparked such a good discussion and then a lot of good side conversations. So it was a get to know you activity as well and more bonds were formed among new members of the team that maybe hadn't had a reason to speak to each other before. I love that. So Libby what about you what's a win? Since my family and my career are very well blended mine's a little bit personal and professional we're out in Texas right now because Evan's soon-to-be sister-in-law is getting married so we're out here for a wedding Thanksgiving, and then we just signed the lease on location number nine. So the lossings are just kind of doing a, a general walkthrough because Evan's the only one who's really seen the new location so far. So the rest of us are kind of out here for a little bit of work and play. Nice. That's awesome. Congrats on the new location. Thanks. Now we're at half your portfolio. <laughs> it's exciting. It's almost like when like a kid turns different ages, like you get to the like double digits and like, that's a huge milestone. So I'm excited. You're working your way there. I can't wait. We're one off from 10. Almost there. Almost a really big kid. Nikki, I'd consider you an OG of the Mathnasium community. You've probably been paired up with a number of FBCs and you've seen the role evolve over the years. Do you have any opening thoughts on the benefits of the FBC position within our company? Yes. I have met a slew of people through FBCs and it's mostly they've moved up with the company or like territories have been redrawn, like all mostly good reasons why I've met so many FBCs. But this, two big reasons stand out. The first one is the ability to build relationships. And so that's one reason why I'm thankful to continue this like gratitude theme for FBCs. 
So for example, when I first started, it was probably like three weeks after I got promoted, I was invited to speak at a regional meeting. And so that was awesome because I got to meet a ton of people and a ton of people got to meet me, which usually doesn't happen in the center director role. So that was a huge help and a huge leg up for me because I still have a ton of relationships and a ton of rapport with the people that I met in my like first regional meeting. And then the second one is that when you're working in operations, you tend to just be stuck in the weeds and FBCs come in as like a neutral third party. They're not part of your organization and they can just make you step back and take more of a bird's eye view. And if you are like constantly dealing with not literal fires, then they can help you look at what's actually going on. And then I'm going to quote Casey from one of our previous episodes and the FBC can help you find an upstream solution. So be more proactive instead of reactive. What about you, Libby? What do you think about the FBC position? It's a role that I was first introduced to at a regional meeting. So my first week of working full-time, our forest ranch location hosted like the Southern California regional meeting. So that's when I first got to see an FBC in action. And not soon after that, I got a brand new FBC because I reassigned which territories the FBCs were supporting at the time. And so I had heard rumors that an FBC is like a compliance checker is how they were known back at the time, was that they're responsible for ensuring our compliance with franchise standards, which is a position that I super, super appreciate. But me and Karen are like the good noodles of the class that don't break the rules. So we know we're compliant. So it just was kind of like an underutilized visit with someone who has a lot of insight on what's going on in our corporate headquarters. So we weren't getting the full benefit of it. And so we got a brand new FBC not too long after I started being full-time. And that was Matt Schenkel, who, if you know Matt Schenkel, Matt Schenkel is now one of the regional directors, which is actually a step up from the FBCs. He's kind of like the boss of the FBCs in the central region of the United States. And he came in and Karen, <laughs> Karen was a little Miss Sassy and was like, I'll be honest, like, I don't need this. Like, I don't need this visit. I have four locations. I'm good on my own. I don't need you to come in and tell me how to run a magnesium franchise. I got it. Like kind of just brushed Matt off in a very polite way. And Matt goes, okay, I hear you, but you've never worked with me before. So let me show you what I can do. And Matt pulls out like this manila folder of all of these reports that Karen and I have never seen before, just comparing our locations to other locations. And it's like, okay, so here's like my bird's eye view as like a portfolio manager as to how you're doing and where you're falling short. So like, it's great that Forest Ranch is the top location in this market, but here's where Forest Ranch is actually like a lower performer and in the lower quartile of performance compared to some of your neighbors. So he was one who like first got us on our toes. And then he, like you said, it gives you a bird's eye view of your business and where you might be overlooking some things. Like I know our price sheet, he looked at our price sheet and was like, oh, this is disgusting. This is like a gross 
list of menu items and different combinations and like you just need to start secret menu iteming half of these programs and not give your parents like 20 options because it's just decision fatigue. So he stripped down and like simplified our like enrollment process. So he was super, super helpful. And then as we grew into more markets, all of a sudden we now have like three different FBCs working on our portfolio simultaneously and they all have very different skill sets. Like I have Amy in San Diego and Arizona now. And she's all about social media and marketing and working with our media partners. And I know she and I work on, on like strategic partnerships with the Girl Scouts together. So like Amy is really, really special in her ability to do all of that. I have Dan, who I think Dan is like one of the more iconic FBCs because he does the sales training that everyone loves. So he's most known for teaching the math model or teaching enrollment consultation training or utilizing what converts. So everyone knows him from like convention talks. And he was like the funny guy who wore all the different wigs during the at-home trainings. And then I've just had various other great FBCs like Dave Hines. And then I had Paul Adams for a bit there in Dallas. So I've just been really grateful for all of my different relationships with my FBCs. But the more I've worked with them, the more I've learned to be the one initiating contact with them because they know a lot more than they're given credit for. And at the end of the day, our FBCs have to work with upwards of 50 different owners, I would say. Certainly more than 50 locations, but probably more than 50 owners. And that's a lot of people to be keeping an eye on. So I'm always the one who's like tapping them on the shoulder and asking for help now because I know what they're capable of and I know how busy they are. That was a lot, but we're doing this podcast episode because I really love my relationship with my FBCs and it makes me sad that I think there might still be some people out there who still see them as like the compliance police and you're, you're not getting to take full advantage of that relationship if that's the way you view it. All very true. Asad will hit some of this in his interview too. Cool. I want to be able to get to his interview and then I can tie up some of his things with the bow at the end if there's anything. So, okay, I missed Asad's interview. I'll be honest. His interview was pre-recorded with Nikki earlier this week and I wasn't there. So I freaking love Asad. I'm really sad I missed the interview. He and I first met at the beginning of my full-time career with Mathnesium. So he and I sat next to each other at stage two and stage four training at the home office. And even though Asad is a Trojan and I am a Bruin, I freaking love this man. So Nikki, he's actually your FBC. Can you introduce him for us? Yes. Asad and I started working together in 2018. It feels like it's been longer than that. He's the one person that like joins the Mathnasium community and you're just like, oh, you've been here forever. Like you just like perfectly fit into the crew. <laughs> but yeah, it was 2018. Um, he had a smaller territory at the time, but right now he is overseeing all of Maryland, Northern Virginia, Washington, DC, Delaware, and then parts of Pennsylvania. It got a little tricky. He had to explain it to me. So it's South Central PA and Eastern PA, but not Pittsburgh. And then he goes almost up to New York. And he has a background outside of Mathnasium, which is really interesting. And so I will let him explain it. But Assad is great. He does such a good job with just the relationship side of all of his region and 
I'm sure he'll be okay with me telling this story, but he and I have not always seen eye to eye and he is very quick to get on the phone with me and work out whatever is going on. And so I am very thankful for that. All right, y'all enjoy Assad's interview and Nikki and I will hop back in at the end. So before we get started, let's introduce you to our listeners. You've been in the Mathnasium family for some time now and have held a couple different roles. So can we quickly go through your background, Asad? Absolutely. Uh, now, uh, Nikki, do you want me to start with pre-Mathnasium as well or just my Mathnasium background, so to speak? Let's start with Mathnasium and then I want to do a little bit of how your previous role comes into play with your cool. FBC role. Absolutely. So I started with Mathnasium in 2016. Um, it's interesting. I was probably uh, a couple months removed from college, right? And I had a friend that was working with Mathnasium at the time. There was an introductory program called the Mathnasium Management Trainee Program that I just kicked off a few months ago. So uh, I had a friend in that program and she encouraged me to apply. You know, I was, uh, as a matter of fact, on my way to law school, you know, ready to go, get the ball rolling on that a couple months later, but I applied and lo and behold, I'm still here, you know? So the goal of that program was to start off recent college graduates at Mathnasium Company Centers and have them really understand the day-to-day operations of the business, you know, from, from the top down. So when I started with the program, I had to learn to be an instructor, you know, figuring out what the nuances of being an instructor are. Uh, after that, you know, being a floor general, so to speak, floor lead as a lead instructor, updating binders and updating parents here and there, making sure my eyes are open if there's any hands going up, right? And eventually after that, once you get more comfortable in that role, moving over to the, we used to call them ADs at the time, you might remember, instead of ACDs, being an director. So assisting um, the center director at the time with a lead follow-up, you know, lead follow-up, some localized marketing, um, touching base with parents, updating them on their child's progress. And last but not least, being a center director. So I was promoted in the center director role um, after about, I'd say 90 days. So it was a rather quick uh, whirlwind tour of business operations for Mathnasium. Uh, you know, so with Mathnasium, I ran the center uh, as CD for about nine months to a year, I would say. And then I did bounce around a little bit at different centers and various different roles towards the end of my tenure in, um, in the CD role, or I should say with company centers, I was focusing on lead generation and lead conversion. And I really stuck with that. You know, I really enjoyed that aspect, making, uh, making phone calls, following up with leads, you know, uh, working on limited time only promotions. So after that, there was a brief opportunity that had um, risen, you know, management trusted, I'm so blessed that management and leadership trusted me to take over the role of an FBC. And as luck would have, there was an opening that had occurred in the, in the mean streets of the DMV. So I was flown out for an interview, was blessed to have been given the position, and here I am now. Awesome. And then I didn't realize that DMV is a regional term. So what does DMV stand for? Absolutely. So DC, Maryland, Virginia. Now, the Delaware people aren't going to be happy because I said uh, DC, so it, it may or may not also include Delaware. Okay, awesome. And then I know Libby is upset that she couldn't be here for this yeah. interview. So uh-huh. she had met you originally in stage two and stage four training, I think, when you were a center director at the corporate centers. Absolutely. So I remember that day. Um, I remember walking into the room and this was at the old home office we had, you know, it was a uh, relatively smaller, right? And uh, 
there was one person in our class who kept talking, right? Kept talking and sharing ideas. And it happened to be Libby, you know? And, and I like to think that we became fast friends. You know, we shared some ideas. I think she was fresh out of college at the time as well and taking on a new role with the, with the laws and the enterprise there. And I was just starting off as well. So we really bonded, you know, I think. Uh, so it's been, what, probably four, four years, something like that, and some change. Nice. And so you touched on this a little bit aside. So yeah. it seems like the Mathnasium and like the FBC role was a bit of a pivot for you. So what was your background before Mathnasium and how do you feel like it helped you be successful? Yeah, absolutely. So before that, Nikki, it was really two different worlds that I kind of entered. Semi-related, I guess, you know, uh, but Initially, I had worked with youth development and gang reduction um, with the Los Angeles Police Department. So my goal was to mentor and train inner city children, you know, and, and these weren't just sort of any inner city children, you know, they had some specific situations at home where they might be um, gang influenced, right? They might have uh, mom and dad or um, sister, brother, aunt, uncle that, that are involved in organized crime, so to speak. So the organization that I work with, the goal was to empower these children to, first of all, increase their confidence and also through academic mentoring. I did that for a while. And then after that stint, I worked with the U.S. House of Representatives at a brief stint with the House and loved every minute of it. You know, um, my civic duty, you know, working with constituent casework and uh, veterans affairs, I really enjoyed. Most importantly, I think it was, um, you know, working on representing the congressman. So I was honored to represent the congressman when we had the president visit our district, you know, so it was really cool to get to meet the president and talk about all the cool things that our district was doing at the time. And what's interesting is at the time I was working at the district office, right? So it's really where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. So people come in and they talk about um, issues with their small business or, you know, veterans that are not uh, treated a certain way, for example, and they want, we want to make sure they get the, they get the proper respect on the services they're getting. So that was a lot of fun. And in terms of mathnasium, you know, brief stint with working with children, you know, specific issues at home. It translates over with mathnasium, I feel like, while I don't think it's necessarily a prevalent issue with the children that we work with, right? Like they're not necessarily gang influenced or have those issues at home, but at the same time, confidence, right? I mean, regardless of what the social situation or socioeconomic situation is at, at home life for these children, when these children don't understand math, they feel just as horrible. They don't, they don't feel like they, they're worth anything, right? And they, they don't feel like they can accomplish anything. And these children often, you know, hold their, hold their heads down when they enter mathnasium and after a couple, couple weeks, couple sessions, couple months, they're just more and more confident. So I think, you know, seeing both sides of the coin there, you know, regardless of what the socioeconomic situation is with children, their confidence can really set them up for life. Wow. So I had always heard the story that you were on Capitol Hill and I did not realize all of the gang reduction work that you had done. So it's Absolutely. really cool aside. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Capitol Hill was fun, and I, I really enjoyed that, but I think the most rewarding part was uh, the youth development, you know, it was, uh, it's interesting, it was a couple blocks from where I grew up, you know, and it was re rewarding in that sense, so a different type of rewarding, you know, as opposed to serving the government and, and uh, the pop and circumstance of, uh, of elected officials, so to speak, just really representing local, local grassroots, you know, helping local people out, so to speak. Nice. And then now you've got another type of regional representation with yeah. <laughs> the franchise business consultant job. So what, what exactly is the job description of an FBC? I feel like there's a lot that I mean, like, I, 
I don't understand. And I'm sure there's yeah. other owners and operators that don't. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good question. Uh, if you, I wish I had sort of a one-line answer for you, right? I was thinking about this in, pre in preparing for the podcast, but I think the ultimate goal for the FBC is to ensure the owners meet their respective goals. Now, that could be business operations, that could be profitability, it could be expansion in some cases, right? It goes back to the old adage of franchising. We always say you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself, you know? So the role that the franchise consultant plays is whichever respective goals you have in mind, some long-term goals, some short-term goals, the FTC is really an ally to help you achieve those goals. And that includes business operations, efficiency, systems, new system rollouts are always fun, you know, making sure owners and staff members are up to speed and confident in their ability to work on digital enrollment. As you know, at home, right? Major rollout for the entire franchise network. So making sure folks are comfortable with that. Brand consistency, right? Making sure a center and let's say you want to make sure short pump is very similar to Forest Ranch, right? A little shout out to Forest Ranch there. Uh, well, making sure there's consistency across the board um, as it concerns education, materials, methodology, et cetera. And I also particularly enjoy things like expansion, you know, when owners come into the system with a specific goal in mind and they want to be successful in one center. And once they reach that goal, they want to add on to their portfolio, right? They want to possibly purchase a new territory or they might want to purchase a resale and, and add that to their portfolio. Last but not least, this is going to be more prevalent in 2021, regional marketing, something that I enjoy very, very much. As you know, Nikki, a lot of work involved in that, right? Putting things together, working with our friends in accounting and marketing and franchisees and getting all the key players together and the agencies. But that's really rewarding. I think that's going to be a bigger part of my job description going forward, being sure whatever marketing opportunity is cost prohibitive for a small number of franchise owners that we actually can present that on the table and say, hey, if we have 30, 40, 50 franchisees together, we can create, you know, a robust marketing campaign and it's a win-win for everybody. Nice. So do you have a typical day in the life? <laughs> That's a good question. Not really. There's no typical day. There's no typical, there's always different issues popping up. So I'll share with you, you know, my typical day starts around six, uh, six in the morning and I treat between six to probably 8.30 as Assad's personal time, right? Like figuring out what I need to get accomplished for the day. Travel, if applicable, right? But I get a lot of reading done. I'll share with you, there's two books that I'm reading right now that I think, you know, I want to call my business operations Bible, right? And they're staying with me on my, on my office desk. The first one is How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. A classic book. I love it. I, I'm trying to live, breathe, eat, sleep, Dale Carnegie now. And the second book is by someone who I admire, two people that I admire, Jocko Willink and Lee Babin, and that's Extreme Ownership. And I'm really trying to implement some of those life principles into my, my role, my day-to-day -day job, and just as a person outside of Mathnasia. The early hours of my day are spent reading and, and catching, catching up with um, the franchise world, you know, learning whatever I can. But really, my, you know, it, it could be spent watching The Crown, for example, in the morning. I don't know, just, you know, uh, having fun, so to speak, right? Um, and after that, you know, uh, we, we get the show on the road. It could be preparing for a visit that day or, or the next day. It could be Zoom calls and planning for the next quarter. It could be working on some recurring calls that I have set up, you know, with, uh, with newer franchisees that are just getting the ball rolling on their operations. So uh, no, no real typical day. Um, lots of emails, lots of phone calls that I particularly enjoy. 
as you probably guessed by now, I'm a people person. I can talk ad nauseum, right? So I really do enjoy talking to people. And naturally in our role, not all conversations are, are, are fun, right? There's a lot of tough conversations that take place as well. So it, it's a part of the role. And I think, I say this with confidence, all the FBCs are people, people, <laughs> you know? So a lot of conversations in our day, you know, and making sure that whatever we do, our ultimate goal is to make sure we prepare whoever we're meeting that day or speaking with that day, empower them to the best of their abilities. Nice. So one of the big goals for today is to just demystify the benefits of someone's relationship with their FBC. So Asad, do you have any just anecdotal stories of times that any owner operators were willing to collaborate with you and that resulted in some great outcome for the learning centers? Absolutely. Yeah. I think lots of stories from, from this year, Nikki, you know, with the, with the uh, unforeseen challenges, a lot of operators and, and team members have seen this year. I can share some 2020 stories with you after this first one I'm going to share. But, you know, one thing that really stuck with me is when I first came into the role, there was a franchise owner who had uh, been struggling with making it a customer service oriented center. When they had first started their center, um, it was very transactional. And it's essentially the child attends the center and the parents don't necessarily get a, get a progress update. Post-assessment aren't necessarily done on time. So it's purely transactional in the sense that the only interaction that the owner is really having with the family is, let's say, when the credit card expires. And you know as well as I do, uh, when the credit card doesn't go through and that's the first time the parent's hearing from you, that's a recipe for disaster, you know? So what I'm really proud of is the fact that, you know, working with this specific franchise owner, who, by the way, recognized this, that it was a transactional center, but they wanted to make it a customer service oriented center. So working with them on such operational things as care calls and uh, progress reports, but making sure that when people are happy with the product, they're going to reward you by staying long-term. There really isn't any other way around it. If we become a purely transactional center, people might stay in the program, parents might stay in the program, but at a certain point, you know, they're not going to value the relationship because there's not going to be a relationship. And that came to the forefront now, you know, in 2020, um, we saw this situation across, across the board where centers that had a robust relationship Owners and ACDs and team members that had a robust relationship with their customers, the parents and the students were happy and they felt like they were a part of something greater than themselves, right? People ended up sticking around, you know, and those centers were able to either retain at a higher rate or they were able to return relatively quicker. And unfortunately, you know, the reality is there's still some centers out there that myself and some of my counterparts work with. And our goal is along with the, with the owners to present a positive image of the program and cultivate a customer service oriented business, you know? So lots of stories like that. Um, I don't want to necessarily take credit for it because, you know, uh, I always say with, as an FBC, my goal is to show people where to aim, so to speak, right? Obviously there's so much at risk for the franchise owners and the team members, but uh, as an FBC, you know, the 2020, my goal was to really talk people off the ledge. I don't know if that's the appropriate way to put it, but making sure that, you know, they're confident in their ability uh, they're positive and uh, where to aim, what part of the operation they should be looking at. Yeah, no, I appreciate you recognizing the difficulty of this year. I feel like there's a lot of like sugar coating and like rose colored glasses approaches, but like 2020 has been super hard. It's okay Absolutely. to say that. 
hundred percent. It's been, it, you know, we can read all the, all the, all the business books, you know, and, 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 and talk about all these icons and moguls, but I think with 2020, it's something so unprecedented. The modern world hasn't necessarily seen anything like this, probably something short of like a military coup or something, right? Where the economy just is up in shambles, but the rigor and the grit and the confidence that the owners have displayed during this time is second to none. So do you find that owner operators often come to you to initiate a partnership or an improvement plan, or are you reaching out to your franchise organizations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's sort of both ways, Nikki, in the sense that there's some owners that are very comfortable reaching out to their uh, FTC, right? And that's great. That's very rewarding. And that's what what, what we're uh, there for. There's also some owners that don't necessarily reach out, right? And that's okay. I think it's a product of personalities. So to your point, I think it's, I want to make sure people are comfortable reaching out to their FTC. As I said earlier, we're people, people, you know, uh, we, we we love talking about business and talking about business operations and mathnasium specifically. So yeah, there's definitely people that are comfortable reaching out to us while there's also a small subset that might not, not necessarily be comfortable. And a part of that is, you know, developing, cultivating that relationship with your FBC. That just takes some time and working over the, over the months and years to cultivate that. And then I've heard that FBCs have like regular regional meetings. I know you've done a great job of continuing that through Zoom or there's other like email chains or Slack channels to swap ideas across markets. So what are some great things that you've seen or borrowed from the markets that you support? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, having a Google group, for example, um, goes a long way. It ultimately ties into the, the goal of having inter-regional and intra-regional cooperation between franchisees. So that's one thing that that was a, a goal that I had when I came into the role is I want to make sure franchisees talk to each other, right? And shared ideas. And, you know, whether that translated into, you know, it may or may not translate into like sharing instructors all the time, right? But, but making sure that camaraderie is there because no one will understand Mathnasium like another Mathnasium franchisee, right? Um, so having that camaraderie there talking to people, those are some ideas that I initially had, and I think they've come to fruition, so to speak, you know, communication between, between regions, regional marketing is a great initiative. I think that goes a long way as well, you know, collaborating on marketing, it brings people together um, and makes sure that we all have been in the game, so to speak. So things of that nature, you know, um, and I would encourage anybody who's listening to us right now, um, you know, reach out to your FCC, see if you can set up a Google group, if it's not already there and bring up some regional marketing ideas. And if you haven't reached out to your neighbors, please do, you know. Um, I find Mathnasium folks are very nice people, very positive people, and, and they wanna talk about how they can help kids. I know you had a great practice that I think would be good to share. This was pre-COVID, all about breaking bread together. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny, Nikki, it seems like such a long time ago that it completely escaped my mind when you asked that. <laughs> Oh, I miss those. I miss that breaking bread. Uh, I think a part of it, and he goes back to the culture I'm from, you know, for, for the South Asian culture, breaking bread with someone is the ultimate sign of getting to know someone. There's nothing more personal, I would say, than sitting down with someone and having a meal. So I always enjoyed that part, whether it was a one-on-one lunch or dinner with a franchisee, you know, you know or having those small luncheons we used to have, um, those semi-regional luncheons we used to have where we would just meet at a center and uh, cater Chick-fil-A or cater Mission Barbecue, you know, and, or sometimes, you know, if it's a small group, we'll go out to eat and 
just you know talk about whatever we want to talk about. It doesn't necessarily have to be mathnasium, but the point is we're building relationships. And at the end of the day, you know, we're mathnasium, but we really are instead of a math company, we really are a customer service and a relationship company. Whether that's with the parents and the students or amongst the franchise network. Yes. Let's go into our last question, Asad. So what's something that you'd like for all the listeners out there to hear? So any sort of like best practice or just really anything that comes to mind that you want people to hear from you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think Nikki, given the year that we've had so far, you know, um, there's, there's a long journey ahead, but that being said, it, there's a lot that owners and team members have to celebrate. So uh, don't, don't be so hard on yourself, you know, um, celebrate Thanksgiving, celebrate the holiday season, um, enjoy it. Um, and, and operationally, you know, just be cognizant of the fact that at the end of the day, we're a customer service oriented business. And that's what I would focus on. If you think that there's room for opportunity there with customer service or relationships and ensuring that parents got a timely update on their child's progress or their behavior or their attendance, things of that nature, um, that'll go a long way for you. You might not be able to reap the benefits right away, but you'll notice that, you know, people do appreciate that. Oftentimes they won't share that with you, but countless times parents have appreciated those phone calls and those emails and, and um, a small gesture, so to speak, they go a long way for the business. In terms of business operations, please reach out to your FBC. We're happy to speak with you. We love speaking with you. Um, we understand that we're an ally in this. The FBC succeed, home office succeeds when the franchisees succeed and vice versa. So we really are on the same team, you know? Um, and I would say, if you haven't spoken to your FBC in a while, give them a call, text them, you know, shoot them an email or, you know, meet with them. Uh, I'll be socially distanced, I, I, I assume now, right? But please reach out to us. We're, we're happy to speak with you. And, and don't forget to celebrate the small victories. Nice. That's perfect, Asad. So that's, uh, we usually close with a random tip or action item. Asad's got you this week. Awesome. So thank you for your time, Asad. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. We work together all the time. So I appreciate other people being able to hear from you too. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I'm honored to be here and I should have mentioned this earlier, but you know, uh, I'm a fan of the podcast. So I was excited when you guys asked me to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Nikki, you said that he gives us a random tip slash action item. So I'm going to trust you on that one, that it's in the interview. <laughs> I'll find out when I'm editing what, what, what the action item was. But whatever it is, you guys listen to Saad. My random tip slash action items for anyone who's interested is that all of our FBCs have very different skills. I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Like Dan's really heavy in sales and parent relationships. Amy's really big on social media. I know there's some other ones that are just like really great at focusing on your profit margin. I know that's what Dave Himes was like a big one with me on was profit margins in my SEO. So my advice is one to reach out to your FBC and see what skills they can help you hone in on for your portfolio. And then furthermore, ask them to help you reach across the aisle to some other FBCs if they have skills that you need to harness for the benefit of your business. Don't be afraid to reach out to those people as well. Honestly, I'm sure they'll find it very flattering. And at the end of the day, we're one big mathnasium family. So go and take advantage of these relationships. Along those lines, I feel like there's no question that you shouldn't ask. And you can call them for anything. 
don't accept anything as the status quo. If like something is a pain or like you think something could go better, just ask and see how they can help you with it. Something you had said to me that Assad talks about on the interview was that he touches on regional marketing a lot, which thank you, Assad. Yes, regional marketing. So I know one of the main times that I talk to someone else's FBC is before I do a big campaign for one of my markets is I'll take a look on social media to see what's happening. And then I'll reach out to the FBCs overseeing those markets and be like, how was your proposal? Like, what was the proposal like from your media company? What was included? What wasn't included? What did you ask for that they were able to wiggle on? What did you think worked? Like, did the radio campaign work? What would you do differently next time? And just pull from their experiences because they're the ones that get to look at that initial proposal presentation and they're the ones that are helping sign the agreements with the media companies so that's one of my favorite things to lean on other FBCs for as well as just seasonal promotions and just asking like what seasonal promotions are your locations engaging in like what's your Black Friday sale what's your Cyber Monday sale what kind of charities are your locations supporting like what's the buzz in your market because I feel like we all are really aware of what's happening on happening with our really close by neighbors but we might not see what's happening on say the East Coast or the West Coast. And I think it's super helpful to not reinvent the wheel and to utilize FBC relationships so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Okay, this week's social media plug is gonna be for LinkedIn. So if you have a LinkedIn, which hopefully everyone does, please be sure you follow Order of Operations podcast on LinkedIn and then be a good person and go to your FBC's LinkedIn page and go and verify some of their skills. So all of our FBC's, you should be able to verify their ability to do various Microsoft documents and emails and hosting meetings and sales and various trainings and leadership. So go on LinkedIn and go and validate all of their skills for them because they deserve it. Highly recommend work together directly on a project. That's how you're going to mark it down. And you can get Nikki and I if you feel so inclined. (laughs) Yes. Always looking for those skill assessments. So they're very much appreciated. Okay. Well, I think that's it. So this will be a slow week. It's a short week with Thanksgiving. So while you are in the car or just relaxing at home, because I know this is a different Thanksgiving, we would love for you to be on next week's podcast. And so you can go to our LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook and find the URL to leave us a voice message. So tell us something that you are thankful for. Could be professionally or personally, just any sort of win. And we'll put it into next week's episode. So whenever you record it, just let us know who you are and where you're from. And then leave us a little message and I'll edit them all together. And that will be our post-Thanksgiving episode as everyone's various gratitude logs and wins. Or shout outs. If you have a shout out, share your shout out. That's it for episode 31, your relationship with your FBC. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And so we will leave you with this PEMDAS podcast every Monday. Download and subscribe. 
And the podcast is getting released on Monday this week. Boom! Yeah.